to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 104 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are taking you on a spooky New England fall foliage trip. Jamal and I have never been to the New England area, but it's definitely on my list to visit in the fall because I really want to go experience all of the beautiful fall colors and eat clam chowder and experience the beautiful scenery and all of the spookiness. So Kim, I can't wait to hear all about the trip that you took this last year. Yeah, I'm really excited for you to get into this. I remember you telling us about it when you were going. You were really excited because when we say New England, you're talking about Boston. You're talking about Salem, Massachusetts, where they had the witch trials. Mm -hmm. Has all that history in New England just in that area of Massachusetts, but let alone New England as a whole. I really want to get out there to experience it specifically the way you did. You got to see it kind of in season change when the colors are going, the weather's are changing, and it just sounds absolutely amazing. So I'm really looking forward for you to dive more into that and inspire me. Not that I need more inspiration, but it will give me more inspiration nonetheless hearing you talk about it. You guys will love it when you go. The colors really do not disappoint. I mean, what you see in the pictures, it is in real life in your face and it's freaking gorgeous. So let's Let's start with some tips for New England. I would say if you're trying to see the fall colors, there are only certain times of the year where you can see them and it's a range too. And so the fall colors start farther north and then as the weeks and days go on, it hits farther south. So if you're going to Boston, I went and I took this trip towards the end of October. It was like right before Halloween. And that was the perfect time for us. But it also depends on weather, how hot it was that year, how cold it got. When the coldness started to come in, that all affects the process in which the leaves change. So if you want to see the leaves change, make sure to be looking online. They have maps that kind of track the leaf changing. But usually between October is a solid month, you're going to catch some good colors. And then second, because you're visiting in the fall for those colors, it will be cold and it's Boston cold. So not San Diego cold dress accordingly. I'm shocked you went on this because you always complain about not wanting to go on trips in the cold specifically. I don't know if you're talking like week long ones, but obviously there was a specific reason for this trip, fall foliage, color change, etc. But how did you handle the cold? Because I know you dislike it when you travel. Yeah, there was just one night where it was really cold and windy in Boston and wearing a leather jacket and jeans was just not enough. Like bring a scarf, bring a beanie, bring gloves, because you might need it depending on, on how your trip goes. But it's beautiful and it's worth it. So how long was your trip and how many days did you stay? 
we flew out on a Friday after work on a red eye flight to Boston, San Diego to Boston. And then we came back Sunday afternoon. We left Boston. You keep saying we, and we didn't say it outright, but I guess you can kind of tell by our intro, Brittany and I did not go on this with you. So who did you go with on this trip, Kim? We know the answer, but let our listeners know. Yeah, it was just me and my friend Morgan. The two of us went together and it was really, really fun. I would definitely recommend, I would love to go again too and and stay for longer because we were in Boston. But as I go through this, you're going to see we didn't stay in Boston the whole time. So I would love to go back and just spend more time in Boston, maybe in the summer. I know you're going to address this as we move forward, but I'm just going to straight up ask it. Did you use Boston as a hub or did you actually spend the night somewhere else outside of Boston in your travels? Yes. All, I guess it was two nights, Saturday and Sunday night, we stayed in Boston. But let me just get straight into that. Please do. Friday was the red eye. It was also during COVID and the airport, there was like nothing open except one bar. So got an airport beer, hit the red eye flight, got into Boston around 6 a.m. I want to say the flight landed. So very early, we went straight to our hotel, which was the Revere Hotel in the Boston Commons neighborhood. Highly recommend it. Super cute boutique hotel. Squad tip. You can check in early and this doesn't just apply to the Revere Hotel in Boston. I've done this in Miami and I've done this a couple of other times at other hotels when I've taken a red eye. Show up to the hotel when you get in and ask for an early check-in. If they have the room available, they will give you the hotel room and you can basically save yourself from that extra night of costs. We've done the same thing when we flew into Fort Lauderdale area. We've been able to check into the room super early as well. So that is a great squad tip. Yes. And so that's exactly what we did. They gave us the room. We left our car out in front of the lobby and then we went to go put our stuff down and we were going to come get it and go park. But because we were so tired, we ended up just laying down in the bed and taking a nap (laughs) and getting woken up like 30 minutes later from someone calling saying, you need to come get your car. It's in the front still. We were like, oh, shit. They did you a solid. They let you check in early and you leave your car blocking the front (laughs) entrance of the hotel. It wasn't blocking it. It just it wasn't a parking spot. (laughs) I know. I'm just playing around with you. So we were only planning on sleeping about an hour anyway. So we got up and started getting ready because we had a long drive up to New Hampshire, which was our first stop on this trip. I'm going to remember this because you always give Brittany shit for hitting the ground running and not enough sleep. And here you are on a trip without Brittany and you just take a little baby nap and be like, I'm hitting the streets right after you have a red eye flight. Yeah. And I I think I did sleep for a few hours on the flight, but it certainly wasn't a full night's sleep. And I won't get a full night's sleep on this trip. So when you only have a couple of days in a city and a lot to see, you do have to jam pack it all in, which is why I'd like to go back. So anyway, we got ready. We got in our rental car, which also was very shitty, by the way. Yes, we we opted for the lower end price point on rental cars, but this thing was actually dirty. It Ew. was disgusting. It was filthy inside. I'm not even kidding. Did you book it from a reputable <laughs> yes. uh, company? I think it was, I don't know, it was one of them, Budget Hurt, something like that. And it was straight up dirty. That's gross. (laughs) Did you tell them? Did they fix it? And by fix it in terms of discount on cost? Like they really just didn't clean it from one renter to the next. Yes. And actually they were trying to upgrade us to a bigger like SUV. And this was a giant ass like Yukon style SUV. They were trying to upgrade us to. And I was like, I don't want to drive that around. First of all. I would like a car. So that was the only car they had left. Interesting. And maybe that's why they're trying to upgrade exactly. you because, you know, okay. But I don't want to be driving around a freaking Yukon. So anyway, we're in the dirty car and we jump onto Highway 93 North to Conway, New Hampshire. 
because we're headed to the Flume Gorge in Conway. This highway is beautiful. This is part of the attractions of the Fall Foliage Tour because the entire two hours north on this highway on each side of the road is lined with giant trees that are orange and red and yellow and green and purple for two hours straight on either side of you. That sounds really, really beautiful. So the drive itself yes. is worth it. Yes. So the drive itself on Highway 93 is part of the attraction. But when you get there to Conway, New Hampshire, what is the ending point? Like, what are you going to see? Obviously, the color change, trees, but what's there if you're already seeing it on the road? So we were driving to Flume Gorge, which is this huge natural gorge. It's about 800 feet. It's at the base of Mount Liberty. The walls of Conway Granite rise above like 70 to 90 feet high as you're walking through this. It's almost like a slot canyon too, because it's just about like 10 to 20 feet apart and it's gorgeous. There's fall colors everywhere. There's leaves literally raining down like you see in a fall movie. Ooh, that's magical. And it's it's like misting and sprinkling the whole time. So it's very fall vibes. It's not necessarily a hike because for the most part it's paved, but it is hilly and kind of a trek through this couple of miles through this gorge and there's waterfalls and creeks and just fall colors everywhere. It's truly a nature reserve area. You do need to purchase tickets in advance. I did go in October 2020, which was COVID. And so you not only had to purchase tickets in advance, but you had to reserve your day and time and they did sell out. You could not buy tickets the day of. When did you buy your tickets? About a month before. I think we booked the trip initially, like two months before, maybe. And do you know if the reservation system is because of COVID or this is really popular that they always do that? I think before COVID, they had more laxed rules. And now, well, during COVID, at least, they had capacity limits which is why they were more strict on the advanced ticket purchase. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I feel like a lot of places that went to ticket and reservation during COVID, maybe they're going to reopen back up and be a little bit more lax like you were saying, but I think those type of trends are probably here to stay. I don't know if it's for this or anywhere else, but that's just in general off the topic of New England. I'm thinking that. Yeah, I looked at the website as we're recording this and you do still need to purchase tickets online. And how long would you say you spent there? Probably two hours. I think your ticket is for two hours only. Okay. And it's it's about two miles of walking through this thing. You'll be taking pictures the whole time. I wanted to look cute and fall and fashionable. So I wore these new brown boots that I got, but they came in actually a little bit higher heel than I thought they were. So for this two mile trek through the gorge, I'm wearing boot heels. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> you kind of answered a question I had because I was going to ask like, Let's not kid ourselves. You sometimes dress for the gram depending on where <laughs> it is that we are going. And I know you said most of it was actually paved, right? Yeah. So even though it was paved, was it hard just because it was kind of hilly or just even still it shouldn't be a place you wear heels? Well, for one, it was like drizzling on us the whole time. So the ground is wet. And for two, there are certain parts in the gorge where you're going through the creek and waterfall area. And so you're going up wooden stairs and it's wet. So for both of those reasons, heels are not recommended. <laughs> Knowing that, but still wanting to look fashionable, Kim, what would you have worn? I would have worn cute brown boots without a heel. So some boots. Boots, yes. Flat boots. Fall boots, ladies. That's the vibe there. But it's really, really, really pretty. I think the ticket was around 18 bucks at the time that we did this. So it's not expensive. 100% worth it. The drive you know, with the two hours there, plus the two hours each way drive at six hours, but you're looking at fall colors that entire time. 
Yeah, that's super worth it. I would go just to do the drive. I mean, this Flume Gorge sounds amazing. I have it on my list now so that when Jamal and I go, we'll be doing a replication of your trip. So did you stop on that drive? Because obviously one of you was driving. I don't know if you switched off or if it was just you behind the wheel or if Morgan took part of that. But because the drive is so scenic, did you actually stop to really enjoy it? Or was it just you caught glimpses of it while you, the driver, were driving? So Morgan drove on the way there and I drove on the way back. We didn't take stops to take pictures. We were taking pictures throughout the drive the whole time. We even have videos where it's just colors on both sides of you of the car and you're driving through this color tunnel. It's really pretty. So we did stop, I think, to get food. But honestly, the trees look better farther away where you can see all the colors mashed together than they do close up. So I wouldn't recommend stopping to take pictures. And also you're going to be seeing that the entire time you're in this area. So from there, where did you go? So from Conway, New Hampshire, we drove back down the same 93 south this time to Salem, Massachusetts. Now, when you say south, is Salem south of yeah. Boston? Um, no, Salem is a little northeast of Boston, but it's only, I think, about 30 or 40 minutes. Okay, so real close. Yeah, so we're going back the way we came to hit up Salem. Salem, Massachusetts is full of history. I mean, back in the 1800s, this is where the witch trials took place and settlers were here. And a lot of those structures from that time still exist. And there's a lot of points of attraction that are paying homage to the history that took place there, the good and the bad history itself. I think you said back in the 1800s, you mean the 1600s for the Salem witch trials, correct? The 1600s, my God. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of the homes. So you, this is what you can expect with Salem. As soon as you get in, And our experience was very different because of it being around Halloween. Halloween is a major attraction for Salem. So the entire month of October, it's Halloween everything. If you go any other time of year, they're still going to have a lot of the witch tours and ghost tours and that kind of a thing. But the Halloween crowds, I think, would be less. Were people dressed up for like Halloween? Yes. There was a lot of people in costumes dressed as witches and different movies around Halloween that took place in Salem. It's got to be really cool and really spooky at the same time. Yes, it felt very spooky. And everywhere you went, they were like, this is the most haunted bench in Salem. This is the most haunted tavern in Salem. This is the most haunted street corner in Salem. And everything was the fucking most haunted thing there. Well, they got to sell it up. But you know, what's funny, (laughs) you mentioned earlier, they took it seriously, especially because it was Halloween. I would imagine so. I mean, if we all have seen Hocus Pocus, we know they take Halloween very seriously in Salem, Massachusetts. They do. Hocus Pocus. (laughs) There are scenes from the movies that are filmed in Salem. So those are points of attractions like the Old Town Hall is in the movie Halloween. The movie Bewitch. There's a Bewitch statue there. There's also the Witch House from another movie that I can't remember because I'm not into Hollywood movies, but Morgan was really obsessed with it. So she was all into it. But there are all these different attractions that you'll go around to and see. I would recommend pre-purchasing tours which is something we didn't do and we should have. So you could do like witch theme tours. You could do haunted theme tours, ghost tours. There's a whole bunch of different kinds. I know you said you wanted to pre-purchase and you didn't, but of those different types of tours that you just mentioned, what one stood out to you the most that you regret not being able to do? Like what was the most interesting one that you guys saw? 
Um, I don't recall the names of what they were called, but just some kind of like spooky witch ghost tour would have been fun to do. There was all different kinds of variations. They even had night ones if you didn't want to do it during the day. Well, the night I ones would, would be really spooky. Yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't even want to do it during the day. If, when you just described the tours, I envisioned it at night anyway, but it makes sense they're doing it night and day. Yeah. There's like this witch museum where witches were hung back in the 1600s. There are cemeteries they'll take you through, tell you stories. I think the history is really, really cool, even though it's such a weird part of our history that that happened. It still lives on there and you can actually like feel the witchy energy. Like so many people were killed in that town. That's like, I don't know. It does feel like it. It's weird. Do you feel like if you stayed there, you would have stayed in like a haunted place and you've been a little creeped out? Ugh. I'm not into ghost stuff like that. I'm not into getting freaked out in the middle of the night by door slamming or any of that shit. So I wouldn't want that to happen. But our friend Leah was in town. It's just so happened she was in Salem the same day we were. And Leah actually at the time was living in Washington. So it's even weirder that she was in Salem the same day we were. Well, that's awesome. And you guys may remember Leah. We mentioned her on our episodes when we were talking about Olympic National Park Mm -hmm. as well as Mount Rainier. Mount Rainier. Yeah. Yeah. So we met up with her in the oldest, most haunted tavern in all of Salem, Massachusetts. Was this one really the most haunted or (laughs) is what they just said? That's what they said. All right. Did you feel it though? Uh, I didn't feel any ghost activity there, but um, we did stay and have some drinks with them and talk to them. They did do a tour and there was in the witch house in the garden behind, there's a bench. And they said, that's the most haunted bench in Salem. And if you sit there, you can like feel energy or see orbs. And Leah said she did. Did she? I don't know if she did or not, but I didn't feel any orbs over there. You sat on it too? Yes. Ooh, okay. I noticed something about your aura has been a little bit off since you come back (laughs) from this trip, Kim, and now I know why. You never told me you sat on the bench. I'm a little freaked out, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I was in the tavern, too. Well, you just said the tavern, not so much, but Leah felt uh, the vibes (laughs) on the bench, so. Yeah, but it's a good place to go. With Halloween, even during COVID Halloween, they had canceled all the official Halloween events that they usually have, and it was still so fucking crowded. So I can't even imagine what Salem around Halloween in a regular year would be like, and they do have all of those activities. So definitely plan for that. It's cool to see around Halloween, but you're going to have the crowd, so book ahead of time. And how much time would you say you need in Salem? If you're not doing any tours and you're just coming to see the things, experience it, maybe eat or drink a little, I think we were there maybe six hours. You can definitely spend the whole day there. You can definitely spend a weekend there if you Mm want to do more of the tours and stuff. But like I said, we were only there Friday to Monday, so we really didn't have actually Saturday to Monday by the time we got in. So we really didn't have enough time to do all the things we wanted to do. We just got a little taste of everything. Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance 
between attractions, plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking out all of the guesswork from the planning, so all that you have to do is show up and have fun. Purchase your comprehensive Travel Squad Podcast itinerary on our website at TravelSquadPodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $30. So travel on over and get yours today. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So after we were calling it a day in Salem, we drove back to Boston and we wanted to just get some dinner, get some drinks, see Boston a little bit. We were coming from San Diego where lockdown was in full swing. Mm -hmm. Boston was a little bit more open, which was really nice. We didn't really go anywhere like special that I would really recommend. We just kind of walked out of our hotel, found a nearby restaurant. Food was okay. Went to a nearby dive bar. You know, drinks were okay. Mm-hmm. Even though you're saying they were just okay, sometimes that's the fun experience is exploring yeah. the neighborhood that's around you of like where you're staying hotel-wise or something to exactly. that effect. So I'm sure there's good culinary places there, but I appreciate the fact that you guys did that and chose to do it that way. And it was very cold at night. I think that's another reason maybe why you didn't <laughs> want to go too far then, huh? Yes. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't go too far, but you've got to go out and see the nightlife a little bit when you're there. So at this point, we're really tired because we had barely slept and been up extremely early early. So we did call it a night because we had another early morning to go. We were going south on the 93 this time to Newport, Rhode Island. And how far is the drive? I want to say it's another like two-ish hours in the other direction. But again, it's the highway lined with beautifully colored trees on both sides of you the entire way. And what time did you start your day? I think we actually got a little bit later of a start than we wanted to. I think we went around noon and Newport, Rhode Island was extremely cold. It was like 42 degrees. Pretty cool. And I was not dressed appropriately. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> the whole trip. <laughs> I wanted to look cute and I very much underestimated the Newport, Rhode Island frigid temperatures. But what drove us to Rhode Island in the first place were these gorgeous historic mansions that Newport, Rhode Island is known for. We got to tour one of them. That was the Vanderbilt Mansion, the Breakers. There are several other Vanderbilt mansions there. If you want to see more of them, you can purchase tickets that allow you into multiple, but you do need to start earlier. And that's the reason we only saw the one is because we got the later start and they were closing. Everything that you've mentioned so far about this trip, I'm jealous about because it seems really cool. But one thing I've always really wanted to do is go to Rhode Island because they're famous for their waterfront homes that have this like specific look to them. Yes. And those aren't necessarily mansions, but you mentioned the Vanderbilts. If anybody knows history, 
maybe they don't know who the Vanderbilts are, but they've heard that name. I mean, it's up there with the old money in America, like the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts were a very famous aristocratic mm-hmm. family. So you mentioned mansion, like how big was it? And was it on the water like those traditional like Rhode Island uh, waterfront homes? Yes, it was on the water. In fact, the Newport boardwalk kind of thing that they have along the coast and the cliffs is right outside of this mansion. And so, yeah, it was a 70 room, impeccably decorated 18th century vibe of a mansion. It was just gorgeous with these grand curtains and amazing like man cave and rooms and and servants and the kitchen was two stories and like it was freaking beautiful they give you like a little thing you can listen to when you go to each room it's a self-guided tour so you get the history of it which is really nice Uh, one of my biggest pet peeves about going into places and buying your ticket in if you don't purchase a tour is that you don't get the history behind it yeah so it was really nice that we did get the history too that definitely made a difference But it was just really, really beautiful. In some parts, you would go out to like the opening of the window and the terrace. And then you could see the ocean from the terrace. And everything is just massive. And it it took us probably an hour to walk through the whole thing. And then you could explore the gardens as well, which we didn't do much of just because it was really cold. You mentioned it was 70 rooms. Do you remember how many bathrooms? I can't uh, (laughs) bring that up. How many bathrooms? I don't remember how many bathrooms. And there were a lot of rooms in the third and fourth stories that were closed off. So we didn't get to see them. We just got a lot of the main big rooms. Okay. So I would definitely recommend that. If you're going in the fall, dress warm and explore the ocean boardwalk as well. One thing I would have loved to do there, along the coast, they have these restaurants where out on the grass, they have these beautiful like wooden lounge chairs. When you think of Rhode Island, this is the type of chair you think about. Are they white? Yes. And you're just kind of lounged back. They're wooden. And this is like so East Coast. But it was just too cold to do that. We had initially planned to get drinks and just lounge on the on the lawn out there. But it was just way too cold to do that. You mean you weren't appropriately dressed for that? Well, that but also it was the coldest day they'd had all year. Oh, so it was very cold even for locals that day. But nevertheless, we enjoyed it. We came, we saw, we checked a state off our list, which was the first time I ever went to Rhode Island. So that was exciting. And then we kind of made our way back to Boston at that point. And so on Sunday, did you explore more of Boston? Yeah, we did. You mentioned earlier, Jamal, the way the houses look out there. And not so much in Boston proper, but all around New England, there is that home style that I really enjoyed. They're kind of like giant square homes with like kind of pointy roofs and they're massive homes and they're all around New England and you just don't get that architecture vibe out here on the West Coast. So that was really cool. So along the whole drive, you're kind of seeing that plus fall colors. It's really pretty. When you're describing those homes though, and that unique look, were those older homes that you know were built back in the day and they kept or that's just their modern local look to their homes. I think it's maybe a little bit of both. Definitely in Salem, a lot of the homes look like that. And they were 16th century, even some in the 1900s that they were historic homes. They had that same look as well as just everyday homes people were living in. That's one of the things I love really most about traveling within the United States is going to different states and just really looking at how the homes are built and look differently. Some of them are because of the time period and they have a little bit more 
history because of that. But even so, if it doesn't have history or even if it does, they keep with a look that's really intriguing. And so that's another reason why I want to go out there is really to check that out. But I'm envious of that Rhode Island, though, because there's just that Rhode Island look on the water that I want to experience. Yes. And if, if I had more time, I would have loved to go to Providence maybe and see more of Rhode Island. But next time we'll definitely have to do that. So I went back to Boston, though, because up to this point, we've been go, 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 like get a breakfast sandwich from Starbucks and hit the road, mm-hmm. eat really fast. Or, you know, we went somewhere by the hotel the night before. So it like wasn't amazing food, but it was OK. So Sunday night, our last night in Boston, we are going all out for dinner. Balls to the wall. Balls to the wall. And we went to Davio's Northern Italian Steakhouse. It was on the river area of Boston, had really great views of the water, really, really great food and wine. What'd you get? I got a little pasta with Italian sausage in it and Morgan got lobster and oysters and then we got a steak to share. We Mm. went all out and we got a bottle of wine. Love it. That sounds really good. (laughs) It was really, really good. And it was a really great place to have dinner. It was nice to explore a different area of Boston and get that experience. So it was great. All around 100%, 10 out of 10 would recommend Davio's. Did you get dessert there? No, because we had a plan for dessert. So we were going to drive over to the North End neighborhood of Boston, which is another one. If I go back, I definitely want to explore more of. It's a really popular area with tons of cute little shops and restaurants and small streets and that quintessential brick Boston vibe that you would expect to see in Boston all over right here. So I would recommend the North End as well. But in the North End, you'll find Mike's Pastries, which is a very famous cannoli shop. Ooh, I love cannoli. They had like 40 different flavors of cannolis. What flavors did you guys try? We only got two. We got a lemon and a chocolate chip. Which one was better? I loved the lemon. That one was bomb, but they were both really good. They had other pastries and cakes too, but cannolis were definitely the drawing point of this place. They were good. 100%. I'm sold on the lemon cannolis from <laughs> Mike's Pastries. They were great. And there's a long line to get in because it's so well known and it's a local's favorite and a tourist favorite. There's a line. It's cash only. So make sure to bring cash. And don't be afraid of the line because it does move quickly. These Italians are like in and out. What do you want? If you don't even know what you want when you get up there, they'll start helping someone else until you figure your shit out. So get ready. They're not wasting any time. Mm -mm. And then we wanted to just kind of take it easy this night. You know, I mentioned the night before we just went out for dinner and drinks. I kind of left out the fact that we had a lot of drinks, which is why we got a late start in the morning that day. (laughs) So we were tired and we both wanted to go out and explore Boston nightlife more, but we were both like, no, we're going to our hotel. This is Kim over 30. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to our hotel and we're going to eat cannolis and drink wine in our robes in bed. That actually sounds like a good night. So I I take back my judgment of you being over 30. Hotel provided robes. Hotel provided robes. I I do recommend the Revere Hotel and it is a cute boutique hotel and it's a little bit nicer. So I like staying in hotels too. Like I know a lot of times we take trips and we're go, go, go. We just kind of skim on the price of the hotel because we're not going to be there that often. But I do enjoy a nice hotel. So when it is a nice hotel with a hotel provided robe and slippers, I want to enjoy it. 
You know, I would I would have to agree. You know, if we're going to be go, go, go and we're out in nature and we're just kind of doing things like real quick, I don't mind a budget at hotel. But like Jamal and I are headed to Austin and we want to stay on the river. So we're going to get like a nicer hotel. Nice. Same for Chicago. We're on the river there. So it's nice to enjoy a hotel and like the amenities around it every once in a while. Totally. And even if you're in a new city, like you said, if it's cold outside, cold's not your thing. You had a good day. Nice and relaxing with dessert and wine in a robe in a nice hotel in downtown Boston area. Mm -hmm. You can't go wrong. Yes. And so we did that in the morning. There was still wine left over. So I had that for breakfast. (laughs) Breakfast of champions. (laughs) A little cannoli too. It's only grape juice. (laughs) So Monday we were leaving around 2 p.m. So we didn't have a long time. So that's part of the reason we wanted to robe it and wine in bed because we wanted to get up early the next day and see as much of Boston proper that we could squeeze in before we had to go back to the airport. So the couple of things that we saw that I would recommend seeing in Boston, Acorn Street. This place is awesome. And this is exactly what you think of when you hear Boston. Red brick buildings, cobblestone floors, just exactly what you picture of Boston. This is it. And it, it's definitely an area that is higher. Um, I don't even know how you describe it. Like more affluent? More affluent, yes. And so the homes are really, really expensive, but they look really, really nice. Acorn Street, though, specifically, it is the alley in Boston with the oldest cobblestone street that dates back to the 1800s. Oh, wow. It's original cobblestone. It's the most photographed street in the entire world. And guess who has a photograph in it? You do? (laughs) Sure do. But I guess a lot of people come there for photos, so the neighbors get a little annoyed. I mean, people's front doors are on this street. Sure. I totally agree with you. And if I lived there, I would probably be annoyed too. But it's like if you live on Lombard Street in San Francisco Uh or we were just in San Francisco and Chicago and we went to the Full House house Mm -hmm. and the Family Matters house because they took place in San Francisco, Chicago. You can't buy and live in places like that and not expect people to show up. Like I feel bad and I respect the fact that it's their private property. So I'm not doing anything crazy. But for them to get upset, like you bought it, what did you expect? I I hate to say that. That's my thought. Yeah. So the lady we were talking to who lived right there was saying that the day before there were a ton of people coming. They were being really loud and like breaking glass. See, well, that's that's not appropriate. And so that's also something that comes with living on a street like that. But when I was there, it was early in the morning and, and there was just one other couple taking pictures. So just be respectful, I guess, as always. Another attraction in Boston is the Boston Red Sox baseball park. You're going to want to definitely go to that area. Check it out. It reminded me a bit of Wrigleyville in Chicago, Mm -hmm. just because this area has all the bars dedicated to it. There's actually a bar there you can go to. And I missed the name of it because it wasn't open to patron when we were there because it was in the morning, but it was open where we could see in. And the bar has a fence that looks out into the ballpark. So you can actually be drinking at the bar, but watching the game. Oh, that's That's really really cool. cool yeah really cool i've always wanted and i've mentioned this before to go to fenway park I've gone to Wrigley Field now and been out in Wrigley Field and drank out there and went to a ball game for my birthday. But Fenway is on that list now. Yes, absolutely. And and it definitely will give you Wrigleyville vibes. What do they have for food in that area? Because, you know, like in Wrigleyville, they have the hot dogs and things like that. Do they have like an iconic food to eat in that area? Honestly, they really didn't. Not like Wrigleyville with the hot dogs, but Boston. What is Boston's? Clam chowder? We didn't actually, no. A cup of tea? A cup of tea. Because <laughs> the tea party, I'm just joking Well, that's around. actually another location was the Boston Tea Party location, which is not by the baseball park. You have to drive. Yeah, you went to the harbor, obviously, because they yes. threw it off the ships. Yes, the harbor. And COVID really 
got in the way of a lot of things. So because of COVID on Mondays, the Boston Tea Party Museum was closed. So we got to see the location on the harbor where the tea was thrown in, but we didn't get to witness the demonstration of the tea throwing and the museum and all of that because it was closed, unfortunately. But we did walk around that area. We got to see that. That was really cool. Just to stand where U.S. history was made was pretty cool. And those were really like the three main things that we could squeeze in on the morning before our flight out. So all in all, how much would you say you paid for this trip? So my flight was free because I had enough Delta points that I didn't need to pay for anything but the taxes. So that was great. The hotel, I think, was a little bit on the pricier end, although not extremely pricey. I want to say maybe like 200 a night for two and a half nights. (laughs) And then rental car was pretty cheap. I want to say it ended up being like 100 or 150 for the whole trip. Well, the hotel and rental car, I'm sure you split with Morgan too. So in terms of your own out-of-pocket cost, half that. Right. True. And then the other things were just like drinks here and there, a couple of entry fees, which were pretty low. So I don't know, 500 maybe. All in all for a weekend getaway, pretty affordable. Yes. Very, very affordable and a very good trip that you would definitely want to take. I have a quick question for you about Boston before we get to your favorite time of the week, because I know it's coming up too, Kim. (laughs) I know you got the rental car and they were trying to upsell you on an SUV and I didn't say it then. I'm glad you didn't get it because I guess these could be misconceptions, but the streets from what I understand are really narrow out there in Boston. And so were the streets narrows? Are they super trafficy like most people think? And I know you drove north, south, all the way to Salem and then into Rhode Island. But did you use any of the mass transit in Boston or did you always drive the car? I did not use any mass transit and the roads were not as narrow as you may think. There were some neighborhoods like the North End neighborhood. Yes, the roads were much more small, compact cars on both sides. They also, because of COVID, had restaurants out on the streets. So that made it even more crowded. And an SUV could have made that dicey. Exactly what I was thinking. But for the other main roads and area where I was staying in Boston Commons, the roads were not really crammed. That's good to know. So just segregated to certain neighborhoods and probably a lot older ones. Exactly. Yes. Do you have any final thoughts about Boston before we get into your favorite time of the week? Well, I honestly feel like Boston reminded me a bit of both Chicago and San Francisco. Okay. With the weather, the way it looked, it was older, it Mm -hmm. was like windy. It just gave me vibes of both, actually. You know, I always wanted to go to Boston, and I think what was really cool to hear and see was the Boston accent and the locals. Loved it. (laughs) One guy actually said something about a bubbler. And that would be a water fountain. A bubbler. A bubbler. Bubbler. <laughs> okay. A water fountain. The bubbler. <laughs> you know who's done really good about getting rid of their Boston accents is Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. The more famous they got, I feel like they phased that out. They need to bring it back. There. I love it. Do I love they? the Boston accent. Every time me and Morgan heard someone talking like that, we were like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? This guy actually, after the cannolis, we were searching for wine at a liquor store and they don't sell it in like regular stores. So we we're like looking around and we could hear this guy like, that's not my car. That's my wife's car. <laughs> like car. Yes. <laughs> very, very Boston. So I would definitely recommend this trip. I would love to go again, even in the fall. I can't wait for us to go. I mean, we might even go as a squad. Squad trip. Squad trip. Well, Kim, it's your favorite time of the episode. Questions of the week. (laughs) 
Okay, cool. It looks like we have one question coming in and this one, love it. Whoever asked this question, got you. He said, what kind of outfits would you recommend for this trip? I'm going to jump in real quick, even though I didn't go. And that should be everything that you heard Kim say she brought. Don't bring or bring more because clearly it wasn't working for her, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I brought knee-high flat boots. And those were the only flat boots I brought. Otherwise, I was wearing heel boots the whole time because I wanted to look fashionable, which I did, by the way. But <laughs> you're going to be doing a lot of walking. So keep that in mind. I would say knee-high flat boots. Maybe Doc Martens are good boots to wear. They'd be really cute in Salem, but definitely the whole fall vibe. Boots, leather jacket, cute fall sweaters, black nylons under a mini skirt. Beanie gloves. Yes. Cute beanie gloves. And layers because I think you didn't have the layers. Yes. Definitely want to layer up because in the daytime, it's sunny. It's not that cool, but at night you will definitely want the layers. And that's all we have. I think this was a trip to remember for sure. I would highly recommend it, especially for anybody out on the West Coast that hasn't experienced true fall and especially a New England fall. Definitely take this trip. If you have any questions, just reach out and let me know. And thank you guys for tuning into our episode this week. I appreciate you listening. Keep the adventures going with us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. And if you go on this trip, tag us in your adventure and send us in any questions of the week that you have. If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. And stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, Bye everybody. Squaddies.